podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello, I'm Eddie Gibbs and welcome to the post-conference presser here on AI Pro Plus. Now, I'm in for Dave Davis and this is the third podcast I've done for him this week and I can't wait for him to return now. I was the original host of this show or its previous carnation, uh, incarnation before uh, before Dave took it on. And in between us sandwiched in was Guy Drinkle. And uh, I did the show a couple of times with Guy Drinkle in the past as well, but it must have been about three years ago. So uh, welcome back, Guy. Yeah, we almost Dave Davis making us do other stuff, don't we? <laughs> I know it's it's really weird coming back to doing this show. So even doing podcasting in general this week and having to cover a show is it just everything else has to get dropped and there's a pile of admin stuff. So I'll probably still be on that like you until stupid o'clock tonight trying to get all that done. But we digress. Let's uh let's have a look. Klopp has been uh speaking to the media, as is his way on the Fridays, and uh it's ahead of the Brentford game, which is tomorrow, twelve thirty, the early lunchtime kickoff. In, at the Liberty Stadium in uh, in London. And uh, there wasn't really too much in this press conference, which is kind of ironic seeing as we've decided to cover it anyway, but we shall crack on. And the first question he was asked was about uh, Sven-Goran Eriksson uh, and the news that broke this week about the uh, Swedish manager, former England manager, obviously coming to uh, Anfield for this Legends game in March. And Klopp said it was a great decision with lots of people involved to make it possible. Now, this is where we show the power of Liverpool, I think, Guy. And this is where... Uh, we get to have these heartwarming moments where our fan base and our club really step up to the plate and just do something good. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's very, it's very strange because obviously when the news broke about his illness a few months ago, it, it's weird for me because probably post 2006, I wasn't really big into England. So Sven's probably the only England manager I've really given a toss about, to be honest, which is quite strange because, I mean, Capello... I obviously knew the name, but, well, I was Liverpool. I was, it was more, I'd rather Liverpool win a throw-in than England win a tournament by then. So Sven was basically the two chances I had watching tournaments in 2002 was probably, even before some Liverpool games, was probably my first introduction to football. So for my club to have that in common with my first England and probably only England manager, really, um, it is a really nice moment and, it, and now you hear like when Dave does his pods and he, he always reminisces about Sven's Lazio teams. And I don't think many people knew he was actually a Liverpool fan. So for him to get that that moment as part of, as, as the manager of the is he manager or is he just part of the group? I'm not I think, sure. I think he's I think he's kind of part of the group. I think yeah. uh, I think Kenny might have stepped aside for this one as he usually does it. And mm-hmm. I think it's uh with uh with John Barnsley in Russia and John Aldridge, I think was what I heard. Yeah, so at least he at least he's part of it as a group, and I'm sure he'd he'd love he'd love sharing the stage with with Liverpool icons like that as well. Probably adds to it if anything. So yeah, it's really great, and 
I'm guessing the match is um, in the next international break. And it, it, they're always fun environments, but when he walks out, I'm sure he'll get a hell of an ovation as well. Yeah, I imagine there'll be a tear to his eyes for sure. And I'm like you, I didn't realise, and I don't think you do realise a lot of the time who these managers support during their uh, during their career span. I mean, it's kind of one thing. You would think they would kind of keep it fairly closeted as much as they can when they're certainly competing against the team that they support at times during their career. But they're professionals and they do their job. And I mean, I had given up on England well before Sven Goran Eriksson. So it's, uh, for me, it's even, uh, I think I, I was done after Italia 90. <laughs> that was me in the Graham Taylor era was the in for me so I'm showing my age a bit there but the uh, I mean I, I do know what Dave's on about when he looks back at that Lazio team because that I think anyone would have had Sven after Lazio he was the big thing at that point you know what I mean and obviously the chance never really materialised for timing wise a lot of the time with these managers and it's kind of eerie that we're talking about now as Klopp's about to step aside it, it's a uh, it's one of those you just it's all about timing on these jobs when they come up because if Klopp was to have gone say two years ago it would be a completely different set of managers we would be talking about now as potential Klopp successors so it's all about timing with these things and for Spengler and Ericsson the time was obviously just never there yeah that's the thing when did was Julia 98 that was the that was the core manager thing. yeah that that yeah. was the one opportunity probably for for Sven but David Moore's at the time seemed and Rick Parry they seemed to want to stay loyal to, to Roy Evans at that time and mm. the whole the whole dual manager thing began and to be honest that was probably the right move when Julier took took control at that time for mm. what the club needed to do you know what I mean so it's a, and maybe Sven would have done a similar job I don't know but yeah I don't think anyone had, nobody had traded Julier's time would there I don't think mm. how, could, Raff, how could you and if Sven left England I don't think we would have traded Rafa at that time as well no, that's it. That's just the way the cookie crumbles, as they say. So uh, Klopp was then asked about the uh, players that were going to be back for the Brentford game. And he said Salah's back in training. So effectively, that makes him available. Connor Bradley's back. Uh, Allison's back. Gomez is back. And uh, obviously, Canate's back from his suspension as well. So it's not a bad five players to have returning to your, uh, to your squad there. No, it could be worse. It could be worse. It, it, it's, it's, it's weird because I think the original timeline with Moore was if Egypt got to the AFCON final, he probably could have played, couldn't he? So I imagine if if the Cup, say the Cup final of the Champions League rather than the League Cup was last week, I'm guessing Moore probably could have played anyway. But considering, I know he touches on it later on about rushing people back, but if we needed to rush him back, say last week for a must-win game, I'm guessing he would have been able to play. Um, but as we know, Moore is a machine and... I'm getting, this is probably one of his actual only injuries in a Liverpool, in his Liverpool time, and it wasn't even in our bloody shirt. <laughs> I know it's ironic. I mean, I was one. Of, I was actually getting my hair cut this morning, speaking to the barber and saying to him, he was asking if I thought Salah would play tomorrow uh, or, or whether Salah would make the final. And it was one of those interesting ones because we were talking about injuries, and he was saying, "Do you think Salah will stay? Do you think Salah will go?" Tony Evans has written a bet in it about in this column today on AnfieldIndex.com, which is kind of like the touch paper around Mo Salah. And one of the things with Salah is these, these so few injuries, but you always have this fear when someone starts picking up any mm. sort of hamstring injury. It's just it's just so weird what can transpire from that, especially a player like Salah who's been so fit. You know what I mean? It's hardly ever injured. And to get this hamstring injury, let's hope it's just a one-off and, the, and there's no reoccurrence of that. Now, the point you made there about uh, 
about players being forced back early. Klopp was asked about that quite early in the press conference. Obviously, in main regard to Trent, but obviously Dominic Zabozlai and Thiago as well, all have, all have been injured, injured before, previous injuries, and they've been brought back into the only for reoccurrences. So Klopp was asked about that. And he was very clear guy, I thought, in the press conference to make the point that they never force a player back early. And I've always thought it would be Klopp's final decision. But Klopp seemed to imply it was the player's final decision, which actually I, I find kind of odd because players want to play. So I, I, mm. I can't imagine why it would be the player's final decision. Or do you think I picked that up wrong? Quite possibly, yeah. I'm guessing it's all a decision in unison, really, with the medical team, Klopp, coach and staff, and the player. But, I mean, it's ultimately the player who probably knows best what percentage towards 100% they actually are. Obviously, you can do as many tests as you want. You can look in training and you can look fresh. You can look sharp. But I think what we saw with Trent in the two performances before, well, the perform the half game against Burnley and the, and the game against Arsenal, he just didn't, he may have been fit, but he certainly didn't look sharp in either of the games, did he? So it, 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 it's a shame, but I think Thiago's the obvious one because we were obviously losing the Arsenal game anyway, and I don't think a very rusty Thiago would have changed too much. So I think maybe rushing back might be the wrong word for it, but it's the phrase we're obviously using in this context. We want to be overly protective of someone like Thiago, whereas Dom, I don't think he ever got any injuries at Leipzig, but Trent, we know, is a machine. Like his longer, I think he's had one big injury in the last couple of years. Other than that, it was like COVID that's kept him out the longest time other than injury. So I think players like Trent, you can just kind of go, yep, he'll be fine. Dom, probably the same because he's obviously machine like, but players like Thiago, it was a bit weird seeing him come on in a in a game we would literally could still be playing now and I don't think we would have scored him. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it yeah, it, it's one that we as fans we just can't really co- comment on without any knowledge, can we? We obviously yeah. can look and go Pure speculation. Yeah, yeah, we did, we looked at Trent and went, he's not, he's probably not fit. Well, I I was very angry after the Arsenal game, so I was hoping he wasn't fit, but he was awful. Um, but yeah, again, as you said, speculation. It's just one of them, but it it's it just kind of annoying. Because Dom was so good in that Chelsea game, picks up that injury, and now he might miss the cup final. I think Klopp said he might be back. Trent's definitely missing it by the by the looks of it, but at least we've got Connor Bradley back, which we didn't touch on. Um, but he's back in training. Obviously, we don't know his mental state, but if he's back in training, hopefully he's ready to play. Um, but yeah, Thiago's the real kicker, I think. Yeah, probably. And uh, one of the things that Klopp did say there was that well, it's funny that they're, they're asked, he did pick up on that. He'd read this about them rushing back players too early, but he says no one's criticizing them over when they reintroduced Jota or when they reintroduced McAllister after their recent injuries. And that all went well. So it's almost kind of making that point you just did about that, about no one really knowing. It's just you kind of go with your best instincts and what the player says. And it's almost like lighting a touch paper and hoping your hand doesn't get burnt. <laughs> Basically, yeah, basically. But um, it's because we have such a recent history of so many injury-prone players, it's just a real pain in the ass, isn't it, really? 
Yeah, so next he was asked about the Brentford game specifically, and uh, he described that as super tricky. Obviously, they have Ivan Tony back. They have their guys back from AFCON. And as everyone knows, certainly Liverpool fans to a horror, they're very, very good at set pieces. Klopp then said, we have to be at our best to beat Brentford. He was then asked about the two-striker thing and how rare it was. Klopp was keen to kind of emphasize that he didn't see it as being that rare that teams do play with two strikers still. Now, that seems to be one of these things where on paper, when team sheets and things like that are brought out, Sky and BT Sport, they never, or, or what they call TNT now, they never really put the formation quite as it turns out. You know what I mean? Everyone's keen to put a traditional formation uh, horizontally, starting from the goalkeeper, the back four, the midfield, and then the forwards. But no one really puts two up top anymore. But Klopp seemed to be saying it's not that rare. So that's kind of implying that perhaps more teams do actually set up with two up top than meets the eye or the way that football fans have been kind of educated to think in recent times. Obviously, going back to the 80s and 90s, two up top was the main thing. He said that, our op- uh, really for us, it has to be about depriving Tony of getting the ball and stop them winning set pieces. He described Tony as being very, very clever with his body. Now, let's not uh, let's not beat around the bush here. Brentford are only going to play one way and we've seen that way and we know what's coming. So we've had a whole week of training this time. So let's hope that Liverpool can be in a good position to counter some of these things that Brentford are going to bring to the table. Yeah, I think it's really important that Kanata is back because... <laughs> albeit he was a bit stupid against Arsenal. We have seen him in these physical duels and he will beat players to the ball when he's playing well. And obviously the alternative would be Kwanzaa in this situation. And I think Kwanzaa's obviously had a really, really excellent season. But if there's one human striker in the league you don't want him to play against, it's probably Ivan Tony, obviously Parland being the one who isn't human. Um, he, he's so crafty, he's probably the word. He's just so clever. His link-up player... I think as Klopp alluded to, he will just like hold the ball up, win fouls, and we know Brentford's threat from set pieces. Whereas Kwanzaa, I'm sure he I'm sure he could deal with that in certain games, but I'd rather have Ibu or I think Matip has struggled against him in the past, but if Matip was fit, um you'd probably want someone a bit more experienced in there dealing with someone with Tony's skill set, physical attributes as well. Um so Konate being back is just, it's really good and hopefully he doesn't put in a slightly brain-dead performance like he did against <laughs> Arsenal. But Tony is their key player. Um, and yeah, said, that, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. You go. Go. You, no, you go, you go. Yeah, I was going to say that the, uh, the, I mean, the importance of him and the way it's changed the way Brentford have played so quickly. You know what I mean? It's, it shows how much they were keen to have him. Obviously, Brandon Bremo has been injured for ages now and that's our other main threat it's completely playing without Tony and Mbueno has completely transformed the way Brentford were playing and now he's back they seem to have reverted back to where they were I mean they're, they're, they're not doing as well in the league this year as they were last year they're not shocking as many teams as they were with the style of play but you can see that the Tony fact even though the results have still been mixed you can see that Tony gives them that real pivot and that that real strong focus of where they they, they play their attacks for you. and it's almost like oh we're back now We've we've been we've been kind of playing playing at seventy percent all season, but now we're back. We're one hundred percent. We're Brentford, and and unlucky for Liverpool, they've uh, they've had to go to Brentford uh, and, and and face Tony uh, while he's back rather than during the suspension. Yeah, it is a bit of a pain um, in the backside that we have to play actual Ivan Tony, but I think did Man City kind of just push them aside the other day, so we know who we're competing with in the league. We have to do something similar. We have the defence, we have the individual defenders to deal with someone like Tony. 
and the thing is, it's not just Tony that was missing. You mentioned Mbwemo was missing there. They have no fullbacks at the team at the minute. Yeah. Obviously got um, Regulon in on loan. Um, well, they've got injury issues at right back, Regulon at left back. The, the, the centre-backs have been taking turns getting injured. Seems like the midfield's the only one that's kind of been set and they've even had injury issues there, but... Like, if it's Tony, I think Wiss has just come back from AFCON, hasn't he? Because I think he was in the third-place playoff. Um, then Morpay, it's probably not the easiest front three to put together, but with Wisser being back there, and he's probably, like, the sleeper pick because he loves a goal against us for whatever stupid reason. I don't know what we've done to him, or he might be a United fan or something like that. But it's just... <laughs> Him being back kind of more of annoyance because teams haven't dealt with him because he was injured, then went to AFCON, whereas Tony, at least you can kind of prepare for him. But so like modern day Shane Long against us, I I, I don't need that nightmare fuel in my life. <laughs> now, that one of the other quotes that Klopp mentioned during the press conference was his team's competing with us at the top. We'll think that this is a game Liverpool may struggle with. Now, it's an easy uh, conclusion to come to because Liverpool have always struggled playing at uh, uh, Brentford. And uh, he then went on to talk about Joe Gomez's adaptability and how it's a really good example of how a player can play across the three different positions uh, in defence. And that, But that he also was keen to stress that that precedes even Klopp's time at the club, which is quite incredible that Gomez has outlasted him. I think he's the only one who has. In terms of Liverpool's team news, he, he was asked about Harvey Elliott and saying that he's knocking on doors. There's been loads of coverage across Anfield Index and across all fan media this week about Harley, Harvey Elliott and how how well he did in that uh, game against Burnley. And Klopp was keen to stress, we forgot how young he is. He's incredibly important and he knows that. He's a joy to work with and he's been exceptional in training this week. Now, this is the point I really wanted to touch on with you because we've seen all this this week. We've had, the, And I've asked it on the two podcasts I've been on this week as well about Harvey Elliott and how you fit, in, fit him in the team because I just can't find a way to do it I mean even on the podcast I did with Ben Boxack the other day uh, it was very difficult to even see let's just say that Salah's going to be on the bench for tomorrow as an example well he's going to be your first go-to if you need an attack sub so and I can't see Endo not starting this one he's good in the air we're going to need that physicality so where does Harvey Elliott come in? Uh, the bench. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think you uh, sub him on at half time. That seems to be the way that it goes. It's it's a strange one, isn't it? Because we obviously, throughout history, we do have those super sub players, and obviously it's a bit different for Elliot because, as as we say, he's still young. I think is he twenty still? Um, it it's just weirdly he might if if it is Jabi Alonso who comes in, he might be one who actually benefits is the wrong word but he may fit tactically better into another manager's starting style. Because we, as we as we said, Elliot does make impact from the bench. It's just when we see him start those games, he's not really an eight. He doesn't have the running power of someone like Dominic Sabozlai. He doesn't really have the defensive awareness of someone like Curtis Jones. But he, he may get, he probably will never have the running of Dominic, but he may get the awareness of someone like Jones because it, it took him two, three years to get there as well. Um, but say if Alonso comes in, he's obviously, I think he plays tens rather than wingers. It might suit someone like Elliot. But in terms of the short term, I think he's just got to be that usually first person off the bench if someone like Salah isn't on there. And I think, as, as Klopp said, he's still young. That's fine. 
he doesn't he doesn't have to be starting 30, 40 games a season. He's done that in the championship. He's he's done that for us. He, he started, I think he was it two seasons, one season ago where he started basically all the games, didn't he? Or he featured in the most games. So he's getting a lot of minutes, regardless if they're the bench or the start. And we we've seen it. I mean, Phil Forden's probably the better example. That people were questioning Pep Guardiola if he was the right manager to get Phil Foden in, into the player. And we're seeing this season, Phil Foden's probably been City's best attacker. I know De Bruyne and Haaland have been injured, but he's been their their, their big um, silver lining of what was a struggling season before this massive run that went on. So I, I think we just got to peed patience with, with someone like Elliot and maybe he peaks at 22 like Curtis Jones did or starts his peak at 22, like Curtis Jones said. Not everyone has to break through at 18 like Trent and be world-class from day one. Yeah, I think so much, so much as the club are managing his expectations and the players not getting frustrated, then I don't think you have as big an issue as the, as the media would like to portray that, that there is. You know, I mean, I, I can't... I mean, Klopp was keen to stress there's certainly no knocking on any doors and <laughs> campaigning to be starting games and stuff from the lads. So I think we just have to take that at face value. The, uh, the final thing that Klopp was asked about was the uh, was the Trent and Dominic Sabozlai injuries for ahead of the cup final. Obviously, we've heard that Trent is ruled out and Klopp was keen to stress that Dominic is a maybe. But oh, he was also keen to point out that he hasn't given a second's thought to the cup final yet because we have this Brentford and the and Luton game before that. So uh, again, I I don't know if I take that completely at face value that he's not given a second's thought to the cup final because as soon as you get to he these used finals, Conor Gallagher as the example, didn't he? He, he was thinking about <laughs> he <did>. it. <laughs> yeah, so I don't think uh, I don't think that's quite quite a hundred percent true from Klopp that uh, he's not given a second's thought to the cup final because obviously that'll be a a massive thing for the players as it, as much as it is for Klopp. So they'll they'll be they'll be turning their attention to that for sure. There'll be half an eye on it. But we I think that it's easy to focus on the cup finals fans. We're both going. It's going to be some. It's going to be a great day. Liverpool are hopefully going to get their first silverware of the season and the first for since 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 they won these this in the FA Cup the last time. But it's uh it's very hard as a fan I think to not be too focused on the Premier League while you're still in the hunt for the Premier League where you're still in the title race. So if they miss the cup final, it's almost like, okay, that's fine as long as they're back for the Man City game. Is that is that the way you were thinking? It's certainly the way I'm thinking. Well, I mentioned it to Carl on Scouted and then literally the like half an hour after we finished recording Scouted, it broke Paul Joyce. These two are probably going to miss the cup final. I was like, ah, great, smash it. <laughs> Cheers, Paul. Um, <laughs> but I think we argued in that just get them ready for, for the City game because even even if they were like 75% fit, maybe less so Dom because we've not really seen a rusty Dom, but we have seen a rusty Trent and a rusty Trent is someone you can't really put into a big time game like a cup final. So if, we, if the idea is um, get them for City, get them warm for City, I'm not sure. Is it, where is City? No, we have a... Um, Plenty of games before the between, don't we? Um, so just get them, get the rust off both of them, get them up to fitness, figure out what where the hell Trent's going to be playing because now we have four other options at fullback, don't we? So maybe we can do the Trent in midfield thing. Who the hell knows? Um, we all kind of want to see it now after years of uh, not really considering it. But Bradley was so good. Gomez has probably been our best fullback this season. Um, and Robbo and Simicas are back, so 
we don't need to rush Trent back, but we need to get the rust off him before that City game because he is one of the players who who can hurt City and has hurt City in the past So and hurt City this bloody season. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of thinking the same. We don't. I don't think we need Trent. I would love Sabos back for the cup final because we saw what he did to Chelsea the other week. Um, but we don't need Trent to beat Chelsea in the cup final. But we may need Trent to beat City in the league. Yeah, I can't uh, disagree with any of that. It's, uh, that would definitely be the way I would go. The uh, let's think about. Let's turn our attention to tomorrow then and the lineup and what what we expect to happen. They, Dave always does it on his show. He always says, "Has anyone played themselves in or out?" Now we know Trent's out, so that's one because he's injured. And uh, we just discussed Harvey, and we can't see him starting this one, even though he had such a good second half against Burnley last week. But we know Mo Salah is potentially fit again, so that's a. Uh, uh, that could be a change. Is he coming in from the start? And if so, who would it be for? Um, oh, it's a tough one, isn't it? I think the first question is what we do at fullback because we obviously have the Luton game midweek, which I forgot about. I, I know, I know, I know. We like these players, but I can't see Mo Salah playing at fullback, pal. Well, it's always <laughs> time. Inverted fullback all season. Get him in there. Um. Because I think more, do we want to give him a game before the cup final? And would we rather, who, what do we need him more against? I'd probably say we need him more for Brentford because of the Luton games at Anfield. We know our record at Anfield. Brentford, half 12, it's going to be Mingan. I think the front three should be more right. Darwin and Jota, them two just kind of play where the hell they want because it doesn't really matter. But Moore's probably the only one who has a set position. I think Diaz has obviously been good. Gakpo's been, well, Diaz has been good at times and kind of anonymous at times. But Darwin and Jota, I think they're the two that have more so carried through the Moorless spell. So I'd, I'd probably have them three ready for the cup final. Then we could bring on the weapon of Diaz against a tiring Chelsea later on. And then midweek, you can probably bring Diaz, see what Moore's like, because Moore, if he's not now perma-broken with hamstring injuries, we know he can play three games in a week. Um, and maybe you have to protect Jotter and Darwin a bit more. But um, yeah, for this, I'd bring Moore back in straight away. And then at full-back, if Bradley's ready, I want him ready for Chelsea. So I'd play him in this one and then see what happens midweek. Yeah, I, I would agree. That's exactly how I would do it as well. Now, let's look at Brentford's threats before we close off. So they're 14th in the table. They're six, six points clear of the drop zone, and they have a game in hand. Uh, I don't think they'll end up in relegation trouble, really, now they have Tony back. And whilst they're still inconsistent, they, they have enough to beat the teams in the bottom half, I would think. Uh, overall record this year, they've won seven, drew four and lost 12. It's actually quite a lot of games that they've lost. They're on 25 points, but at home, they've won four, drew three and lost five. So they've actually lost more games at home than they've won, which is quite surprising when you think that sort of their home ground was a bit of a fortress as well. Uh, their key threats, obviously, Ivan Tony's the standout. We've spoke about him. And Buemo, who's caused us problems before he's still out. But Neil Mopey's in good form. He scored, uh, he's on seven goals now. He scored quite a few recently uh the set pieces obviously we've discussed that they're a big team uh and uh i think dave davis was saying to me when i spoke to him the other day that uh 
they, they actually have some sort of bonus scheme for set pieces, which is incredible. I don't know if it means winning them or how they take them or anything, but while most teams have goal bonuses, Brentford apparently have set piece bonuses, which uh, which kind of surprised me. I've never heard of that before. What a bank from Stoke back in the day. <laughs> 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 yeah, so I, I don't know in what way they get paid or how they do it, but that, a team to have set piece set bonuses for set pieces, wow, incredible. So uh, there's there's that, and of course, if they do get a result against Liverpool, Thomas Frank is one of the names that has been uh, linked to this Liverpool job. It's not one that I heard Jan Moby speaking about with Trev yesterday, and it was very much that a couple of people have speculated that he would be the guy, but even Jan, as a fellow Dane, doesn't think that Thomas Frank's really in the frame. But you could see it just like last week where. Alonso got that result for Bayer Leverkusen against Bayern Munich and the noise just intensified. Is Could that happen again? Do you think there'll be more noise around Thomas Frank if he gets a result against Liverpool tomorrow? Oh, God, yeah. Front page of whatever crap newspapers. Successor beats <laughs> master. Like, oh, God. No, but I, I, you can see what, like, you mentioned it in the, in, the part of the intro. Like, he, if it was a, maybe even last year that Klopp left, I think Frank would be higher up, wouldn't he? Obviously, because Brentford have had such a a weird season this year, it's probably put his name kind of in the background more so. But if he was coming off the wave of two back-to-back really good seasons with Brentford, he'd probably be more prominently named. But yeah, I can't really say it. It's such a big... We've done that jump before. We've we've done Swansea to Liverpool and it didn't work. I'd say Frank's probably more experienced and more ready than what Rodgers was back in the day, but... Again, he was re- Rogers was then replacing Kenny. He's not replacing Jurgen Klopp, who's yeah. one of certainly the greatest in modern history. He's one of the greatest in our overall history. It's uh, yeah, I think that's too too big a jump, really. But I do like him. I do like him as a manager. But I, Wissa, I think Wissa might keep me up tonight. Players <laughs> just, <laughs> just have a nap. Just have a knack of scoring against us. It just always bloody happens. Like Shane Long ruined my childhood. It's just, <laughs> but we used to we used to just go and buy them, didn't we? That used to be the way. Yeah. If someone scored, it was like Benteke or uh, Lalana oh. or, or uh, yeah, even Darwin Nunes. You know what I mean? It's like it worked, right, it worked with Mane. It worked with Mane. That's all. <laughs> or Mane, of course. The one the ones didn't, and Darwin is working at the bin, but it's still weird. Um, <laughs> good lord. And back up. Let's close out then. Yeah, let's close out then by uh, having a look at what we, with, with how we think Liverpool will line up. So uh, I'll have a crack at it and see how how much you agree with me. I think it'll be Allison in goal, which I think is an easy decision. Now mm-hmm. he's back from his uh, his flu. I think we'll see Connor Bradley at right back. I'm still thinking it might be Joe Gomez though because of the aerial advantage. But I think that Liverpool will will try and take the game to Brentford. So mm-hmm. I think it will be uh, Connor Bradley at right back, Canate uh, and Van Dijk. Then uh, I think Robertson will be retained. I think Joe Gomez will be the unlucky player to miss out uh, for for the, for the starting eleven here. And then I think your midfield will be Endo with McAllister and Jones. I don't see him changing that. Mm-hmm. And then up front, I think we'll see Salah on the right. We'll see Nunez. Uh, we'll see Nunez in the in the middle, and we'll see. Uh, I think we'll still see Luis Diaz on the left and I think Jota will miss out, which does seem harsh there on both uh, Diogo Jota and Joe Gomez. Uh, But uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm kind of thinking this is the warm-up game for the final. So I kind of want the team that plays here to play the final and then we can rotate a bit in midweek. So I kind of think he will play Robertson, but I'd prefer Gomez at left back. 
because then I think it still allows us to do the inverted into midfield thing that we've done all season, obviously, where I don't think we'd trust, we'd want Bradley doing that and we know Robertson isn't really suited to doing that. So I'd probably, I'd want Gomez at left back and put Bradley at right back and see how that works. Um, as I mentioned, I prefer Jota over Diaz, but yeah, I think, it wouldn't surprise me if it is Diaz, but at the same I time, I think that'll just be. A, I think that'll yeah. come down to a pace thing. I think that's yeah. all that's about. I think that's all. That, that's all it's about. If he's got salary, he's got his clinical finisher back. You know what I mean? And that's why I think Jota misses out. No, that's fair. That's fair. And if you want to rest one of them midweek, put bringing Jota straight back in, and yeah. then he then he can fight for his place in the final. Probably makes a bit of sense as well. To be fair, so it wouldn't surprise me. But I think I'd rather Gomez at left back over Robertson. But I. He's never he'd never dropped Robertson in his life, has he? So it wouldn't surprise. <laughs> and as is the way that the show always ends, uh, we we predict score and scorers. So I'll let you have first crack at that. I will go two one Liverpool because half twelve is never easy. And who's getting Liverpool's goals? Ooh, Darwin and Endo. Wow, <laughs> that's not one I saw coming. Uh, I expect us to concede two, and I expect at least one will be a set piece. I'm swithering whether to go for a 3-2 Liverpool or a 2 draw. I'm going to go for a 2 draw, which won't be uh, the most popular scoreline as people are listening to this podcast, I know. But that I just see that I see this, and I think you said it. I think I heard you say it on a show that I think this was Liverpool's hardest away game. I, I don't think they've got a harder one than this uh, left this season. I think the games at Goodison and Man United, I expect us to win both of those. I know they won't be easy, but this one... It's just a curse about this game that I just can't get out of my head. And I just don't see it going our way for some reason. And uh, I think that the, the toll of these injuries are starting to are starting to show now on Liverpool in terms of performance more than more than result. Those XG numbers and the things that are kind of the underlying stats around games. So I'm I'm going for a draw in this one. I think it'd be two all. I think uh and I think Darwin Nunes will score. And if Mo Salah does start, I expect he'll score as well. So that's uh that's my prediction. I think it'll be a really tight affair. I'm gonna go for a two all draw. So a little bit different to you there. Well, I hope I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone listening hopes you're right. <laughs> so we'll call it a day there. Thank you to Guy for joining me. Uh, maybe a few years before we're back again. We do not know. Uh, it's just one of those things when people are on holiday, we try and muck in and make sure that we uh, we deliver the shows. If, I think I guess you will be uh, podcasting again today, Guy. The day's not done for you yet. You'll have something on the EPL index site. Uh, literally after this call's done, I'm talking to Dave about the Premier League. So yes. <laughs> so we'll see if Guy we'll see if Guy can remember the prediction for this game that he gave on this show and whether he gives the same prediction when he does it on EPL Index. I've done today. I did so today with show as well. So I've done it twice. <laughs> so have you given that prediction twice now yeah. or have you changed? Since, well I said yeah, two yeah, okay. I said two nil and then I went I changed two one last minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh man the man of many predictions that's, that's yeah. quite funny so uh like all good bond movies end saying james bond will be back we're delighted to say that dave davis will be back he will return next week and uh we'll probably just be back tinkering away behind the scenes so uh thanks for listening everyone and until next time up the reds we hope you enjoyed listening to this anfield index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show the best way to get in touch is over on our free discord community 
where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.